buddy. How you doing? Howdy. How have you been? Oh, the typical, the the neutral, the fantastic. The oh, yeah. uh, I was just talking to you because I know it's our uh, weekly episode time. You want to tell our uh, audience on what we're studying or what we're uh, trying to learn more about? Ethics. 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 What is ethics? I think ethics are ethics, my man. I mean, what even is ethics is a question that has plagued the great thinkers since antiquity. I don't know, when I think of ethics, I think of Aristotle, I think of... uh, For some reason, my mind's coming up with Pelagius, but I don't think that's right. I think that's based off of a uh, video game. What? Uh, Pelagius. Oh, that's that, that that that's that's a Star Wars reference. Darth Pelagius. Oh. I think he taught Sidious or something. But Pelagius just sounds very Greek. Very, I'm a philosopher. I know ethics is really more of a sub-branch of philosophy, isn't it? Uh, yes. I know in the context of engineering, it's more about when you are an engineer and you finally have that accreditation, whether it's a degree or whether it is uh, getting your FE, which gets you an EIT, or getting a PE, it's more or less, hey... You're presented with this situation. What is the best option based on popular opinion? And my one thing that I have always hated about ethics is, is that there's never a right answer. There's just a, an agreed upon consensus of ethics. Of whatever that situation is, this is what you should do. It's whatever they tell you to do. And it's too damn vague. So, I looked up what ethics was. I mean, tell us what tell us what ethics is, Nick. It is a branch of philosophy that deals with the moral principles, values, and concepts of right and wrong conduct. It involves the study and reflection of how individuals and society should behave and make decisions in various situations. Ethics provides a framework for evaluating actions, intentions, and consequences in order to determine what is morally right or wrong. So, in that entire sentence, the only thing I got from it was where it literally said, a framework for evaluating actions. Uh, yep. I mean, I'm not an expert on this stuff, but uh, Aristotle did some ethics and stuff. I don't know if Plato did too much ethics and stuff. Plato's a lot easier and more fun to read because it's in this dialogue format where all these books and stuff about Plato are posed as a conversation between two people trying to hash stuff out. Whereas this Aristotle stuff is, like, really dry and boring. But when he talks about ethics and stuff, like, he 
uh, goes on about the golden mean, right? That, like, oh, well, if there's two extremes of behavior, then the right thing to do is going to be somewhere in the middle. Like, uh, if, if you decide, oh, well, I'm a mean person, I think I'm too mean to people, I should be nicer. Well, the way to do that, if you think that you're too far to the mean side between mean and nice, then you have to overcorrect to the nice side. And that if you try and be super, super nice, then even if you fail at that, you're probably just, like, regular nice or pretty nice. Hmm. That's, See, uh... Not very helpful most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Especially uh, when it's... That, yeah, it, it's somewhere it's in the right middle. Or wrong, you might have to overcorrect. When it's right versus wrong, it's, uh... See, because I thought that entire explanation, you were saying memes? No. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? I don't think they had the internet back in uh, Plato's time. It's like an <laughs> average, yeah. The... The golden mean. <laughs> the golden meme. I like that. doge. I like that. But now that my brain is associating... Oh, he meant mean. M-E-A-N. The... What... I guess, from a personal standpoint, how do you depict what's ethically right or what's ethically wrong? You know what I mean? Well, whatever my mom says. Whatever my mom says. So, like, fuck your dad. Like, yeah. who, who cares? All right. Yeah. Mom said we gotta blow up the world. Guess that's ethically right. Yeah. I would say that ethics are based off of your, you know, your teachers or your parents, and then your environment, no? Because I would say that it's, environment would have a big role in how you perceive the world. Because that, isn't that what ethics is at its core function? Just a, a perception of the world, whether it, it, it's right or wrong, which kind of ties into this entire thing that's going on in society with superhero movies, like, oh, here's the good guy, he beats the bad guy. You got Marvel, you got DC, you got all this stuff, and you got, okay, is the hero ethically right? Well, he's the hero, so... In most movies, the answer is yes. So, I don't know. It's hard to build any system that's a hundred percent internal and self-consistent uh, did I say that twice? No. whether you say like it, it twice it, or it's once it's hard doesn't to matter. come up with a good system for this stuff it's hard to start from first principles and say uh, well if Based it is the... this, then it is that, right? Yeah, like, when in math and stuff you work axiomatically, right? You you start with a few things that you know and try and branch out from there. It's hard to grab anything that you do know and try and build a system of ethics from scratch from first principles. 
Yeah, yeah, and you, you keep know. you you keep saying first principles. What is what what, is, what what's a first principle? Uh, like if you say that if lines are parallel, that they'll continue on forever without intersecting. That's a good first principle. Okay. But that's mathematic. That's not a very good ethical or uh, philosophical. So here we go. First principles, also known as the fundamental principles or foundational principles. Again, that's three times you're saying the exact same thing. Refer to the basic concepts or assumptions that serve as the starting point for reasoning and analysis in a particular field or domain. Yeah, like you've, I've, do you remember doing proofs in math? Oh, I hate it. I mean, I liked them because they made sense. Like, once you knew the rules, then you could just go consistently. Step yeah, one like, is step five. Yeah, like the idea is you start with like a fact and then try and work your way from there. Like, uh, that's what that Rene Descartes guy came Rene up who? With. Uh, You know, like, a grid, like, on a graph? I like those like it things. it has coordinates, like an X and Y axis. Those are very nice. Well, the same guy who did that tried to come up with, like, a first principle for philosophy, and what he came up with was, I think, therefore I am, right? Mm. That, like even if your brain lies to you and all this stuff, even if you're just a brain in a jar, blah, blah, blah. Just the fact that you know that you're thinking means that you are to some degree. Uh, so there's just accepted truths in various, I guess, various like branches or various fields or domains. And because of that, it's call what we call that the fundamental principles and ethics has that in a sense but i'm just what would you say is a fundamental principle of ethics that there is a right and there is a wrong um well i mean descartes in his own writings and stuff was able to work from I think, therefore I am, and try and build up and explain the rest of the universe and stuff. Yeah, it's some pretty shaky logic in there at times. Yeah. But, uh, what, what is, a, when building our, let, let's build an ethical system. All right, just the, between the two of us, all right? You want to build an ethical let's, system? Yeah, okay. why not? Okay. What What are some first principles of ethics that we should start with, Nick? I would say I, I, this statement is very naive because I, I, I wholly agree in the idea that there is uh, there are 50 shades of grey awful movie by the way not very good, some people would argue against that, but there are a holistic 6 50, out of 10, not kinky enough obviously, could be a very much more kinky, especially in the ethics department Mm. So there are 50 shades of gray, but I think a fundamental principle would have to be there is a right and there is a wrong. But how you judge that, I, I don't think you can come up with a first principle for that. 
I think you would have to use your best judgment. Because right. even then, anything in society is based off of the majority, not necessarily the minority. All right, let's start out with something easy, right? How about you shouldn't hurt people? Mm, what if, and this is just a scenario that goes against that, what if you're in the, an alley and you're getting mugged? And if you, A, don't go and hurt the person mugging you, somebody dear to you or somebody close to you that you're traveling with gets hurt. So if you had hurt the mugger, you would have prevented the hurting of person B that's in that alley with you. So now you've contradicted Uh, yourself. So what's right and what's wrong? I mean, with muggings and stuff, the idea is usually like, well, it's a pain to get a new driver's license and credit card, but you really shouldn't fuck around with getting shot and stuff. But let's say, yeah, like, like suppose there's a war going on, right? And suppose that you could have your country intervene in that war, right? Would you sacrifice your own, the lives of your own soldiers to save more soldiers on either side of the ongoing war? I don't know what I would do. I, I would say that Blarkey, you should have come up with a better solution than trying to Right, like, can go you, to war? Is it justifiable to hurt people to stop more people from being hurt? Mm, I think if you can prevent the killing of a lot of people, the potential devastation of a small group of people might be worth it. But again, it, it's not a it's not an easy decision. Like that's like purely logic. I think was it Spock that said the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. So it's it, it's like there's a there's this consistency of, okay, hey, we apply this logic to every scenario. But at what point does the opposite happen? When does the when does that contrast or what scenario gives you? The needs of the few outweigh the needs of the many. Because if you put it in the aspects of personally, like your family, my needs of my family are going to outweigh the needs of the many because that's my family. My mother takes precedence over my neighbor or my father takes precedence over my, you know, uh, my co-worker. Or my friend takes precedent over a complete stranger. You know, it's, it's yeah, like... Yeah, there's some old hypothetical that works like that. Like, uh, oh, would if you had a button, right, and every time you push it, like, a random person out of 8 billion people on Earth dies, but, like, you get a billion dollars? Uh, morally? I'd feel disgusted, but I'd also be stinking rich, so... Right, and I mean, you'd be so disgustingly rich that you could, like, donate to enough charities and stuff and try and... Make yourself love. feel like, better? Could, yeah. Could you affect enough people's lives positively to justify hurting a few people, especially if these are people that you don't know and have never will know mm-hmm. and will never be personally bothered by, statistically? I don't know. I mean, those are that's a numbers game. But once you start putting feelings and emotions into it, then it's a completely different ballgame. And I think 
The second thing I would probably try to implement is probably public safety and welfare, right? Like as a fundamental principle, as an engineer, public safety and their welfare is probably a big one. And it's just one of those, like, you have to prioritize their safety. You have to have that well-being for the public. Whatever you engineer, it could potentially mess something up that could have a cascading effect. Like a few years back, they had that uh, building over in, uh, was it California? Florida. Same thing. We're the same state. Folks, he's looking at me real funny. Don't worry. It's I'm 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 purely joking. They're not the same state. But right. The uh, the one with like the foundation problems that fell over or whatever. Yeah, that one. Right. Cause. It's like. You have to make sure there's no undue risk or there's no harm. Just to anybody. Overall, it just. I don't know. I I would say that that's a big one. The uh, a third take would be professional integrity. The uh, you gotta hold yourself to a higher standard, no. Because as an engineer, you are you go through all this training, all this knowledge, all of this give and take to be able to design certain things that the public uses even if it is four times removed sometimes where it's just a simple like let's say a water valve like maybe the public doesn't worry about that but maybe it's an industrial water valve that holds back the water could have this effect that goes all the way down the line right and it's just like you got to hold yourself up to that standard I would also say that you have to have not every single design is the same. Mm-hmm. So you have to have innovation. So I would say that that's a big proponent. Uh. Uh, it's You got to be able to be flexible, I guess. That, that That's the better word for it, no? And then I would say honesty and transparency. So like bribes and stuff? Oh, 100%. Got to bribe, bribe your city official to get that good engineering. Yeah, I mean, if why is it ethically wrong to take a bribe if no one gets hurt? Um... Like, from a self-preservation level, like, in the long term, taking bribes and getting caught and stuff would be bad. But, like, <laughs> but like if, if you could ne- if you were sure that you could never get caught, and if you're sure that no one would get hurt, and you're getting money, and they're getting stamped, seal of approval, whatever, hmm. what's, where's the ethical dilemma? I know why. I mean, they just blatantly say that bribes are bad, right? Right. In the engineering ethics textbook, there are big <laughs> yellow letters on the inside of the cover that say bribes are bad. 
Breb's no good here. Right. No accepty. Um, maybe because uh, favoritism. But just from devil's advocate point of view, like... Favoritism? Go on. I, I would say that if you're accepting a bribe, it is an opportunity for that client or that person selling the stuff to have more input than they are really capable of doing. And so it's like, oh, hey, I pay you, you know, $20,000 for you to just stamp this design, you know, and then you go out of your way and you stamp that design. And then uh, 10 years from now, the design breaks down when and it kills people. I mean, you don't know what could happen, but the potential cascade effect could be a lot. I would also say that an engineer's job is to the welfare. So if that's one of our standing fundamental principles, then you've already contradicted yourself by accepting a bribe or even going down that route of getting a monetary compensation for your engineering skills. And that's not to say that you do all this training, you're trying to do it for free. On the other hand... If it helps to grease the wheels of engineering, I don't see why it's a problem. It just depends on what you're getting a bribe for, I guess. Because is there such a thing as a bad bribe? Or a good bribe? Like, for example, what if you had a uh, homeless shelter? Or a bunch of, like, abandoned animals? And you... You know, this construction company needed something designed, but you were so busy, and they come to you, and they bribe. And they're like, hey, it, here, here's 20 grand. I just need a plan. It could be that it's just a race to the bottom kind of thing. A race to the bottom That, like, if everybody just took bribes, then uh, it would damage the credibility of the profession as a whole. Hmm. Uh, which would lead to lower employment of engineers. A lower employment of engineers. Well, I don't know. Because uh, I know what happens. Like, it's all backroom deals and shady stuff. And sometimes it's it can be as simple as just taking a client out to dinner. And you're like, hey, I want your business, you know. But where's the where's the business side and the fundamental principles like where's that right. where's that fine where line is, where is the line drawn so when the client takes you to a steakhouse and to a strip club and to the movie theater to see the new mario movie where, where does it stop being professional courtesy when you have to go see the new wario movie i'd see a wario movie you go see a wario movie no, I'd, I'd rather go see fucking I'd, silly one i'd rather go see waluigi Alright folks, sorry about that interruption. What were you saying about- Welcome back to part two of Engineering Ethics and the Waluigi live-action film. Okay. Waluigi has to be gangly, has to have some kind of romance comedy played by Adam Sandler, blah 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 blah. Right. Is Adam Sandler the villain? Because Jack Black was the villain in the other one. What? No, he's Waluigi. No, 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 Adam. 
Adam Sandler's Waluigi? That's that was the joke. Is that he's he's no all right. No, he cannot be <laughs> Waluigi. This guy is perfect. A one, Mister Doug Jones. Who does Doug Jones play? Doug Jones is he does an American look pretty creepy, actor. Doesn't he? Okay, he is. Okay, he did the he did the fish guy from. Uh, it looks like uh, Hellboy. Right. What? What fish boy? The fish boy. He's the fish man. The fish guy. This guy. Oh, he's the uh, the pale man in. Um, That's uh, a fish guy. That's an aqua guy. No, he's he's this guy in uh, the movie in Spain. What was that? In Spain. Yeah. The 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 pale man with the eyeballs on his hands. Yeah, but uh, he's also the fish guy. What the fuck is the fish guy? I'm telling you, that's the fish guy from Hellboy. Okay. Okay, hold on. What's the name of the fish guy from Hellboy? Abraham Abe Sapien. Team affiliations, BPRD, whatever the hell that means. Partnership with Hellboy. Notable aliases. Abe, Brother Blue, Fish Stick, Water Fisher, King Ocean, The Fish Guy. Creature from Another World, Agent Sapien. You don't remember the blue guy that was his partner in the first Hellboy? Pan's Labyrinth. I don't know what that is. It's a Guillermo del Toro movie about a girl in Spain, and she gets... Uh, she she meets this weird dude okay. in a fairy park dimension with eyeballs on his hands that eats kids. Interesting. I mean, apparently he he's a, also this one guy with the eyeballs, the really creepy creature movie. from Hellboy 2, I think. Like, I understand, like, the fiction versus reality part was kind of the point of that movie, but, like, I would have liked a bit more weird, uh, fantastic shit going on and a bit less, oh no, fascism. <laughs> oh no, fascism. Because it's, it's fun to dwell on weird, creepy creatures. It's it's not fun to dwell on fascism, which are real creepy creatures. I, anyway. It, okay, so another plus so you need a tall, gangly guy. And it's Doug Jones. Okay. Like Doug Jones. Okay, he's also a contortionist. Is he? Yes. Can you play tennis? Oh, uh, I think that would be like the third or the fourth movie. Because in Super Mario World, they got Super Mario World, Super Mario Brothers movie. They've got the Mario, the the what do they call that? The Mario Kart scene, right? No, but, and they got but, Donkey uh, Kong. Waluigi's tennis player, first and foremost. Yes. So what, in the real world, he's like this epic tennis star, down on his luck? No, he's, he plays for funsies after his soul-crushing job at the business office. Business office of what, plumbing? Um, you gotta give this elaborate backstory. He's middle management at Wario Inc. Wario Inc., wow, okay. Is that what it's called? I have no idea, buddy. I could not tell you. He's a software developer. (laughs) (laughs) He makes micro games for WarioWare. What a wonderful... I feel like he'd be making bank. As a game developer? Why not? Because they make shit money and have long hours. Why would they do it? Because they want to make good games, but all the corporate people tell them to make bad games instead. 
Those silly people. I know. Okay, so ethically, is that okay? Is it okay for him to get shit pay with long hours? Uh, Is that right, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, of course, because he signed up for it. Which is my entire point here. I mean... This guy would be a perfect Waluigi. I mean, he he scrolled through the 50-page document before agreeing to the job. He shouldn't be surprised when they bring out the spikes. Oh, don't tell me you're one of those guys that doesn't read the terms and conditions. Oh. I mean, I go over that with a fine-toothed comb, but, you know, sometimes even my eyeballs glaze over, and I miss the bit about, like, uh, you will be padlocked to your chair the whole time, and uh, we only let you go for bathroom break if you fulfill (laughs) your maximum number of bathroom break points that you accrue by sucking our pee-pees. Kinky. Okay, so... Back on topic. Ethics. Who's playing Waluigi? <laughs> Adam Sandler or this what, David what Jones? What is the most ethical choice? David Jones, because he encaptures the personality better. He's got the long gangliness. He's a contortionist, so he could probably do some real cool tennis stuff. Nick, what are the ethics of Big Bird? From Sesame Street. I mean, I don't know if there's a lot of ethics. Don't cuss, because you're on live television in front of children. Nick, would it have been more ethical to send Big Bird to space than a teacher? Oh, we're getting into this. What? You... Theoretically, it's an engineering show, alright? Like, like... uh, It is an engineering show. Challenger disaster, right? Morton Thiokol, all them guys. That's that's the big talking point in engineering ethics the past 40 years, right? Why did you let the spaceship blow up and kill all these people? Why did you do it, Nick? Um, technically, that's before my time, so I am probably past any arbitrary... Uh... Nick, did you work for Morton Thiokol in a past life? Uh, fucking maybe. I don't even know who they are. Um, hmm. Nick, what happens if you do unethical things and then break free from the cycle of death and rebirth? Well, I figure I'm probably a god at that point. Never mind, anyways. (laughs) Tell us about Morton (laughs) Thiokolic. Well, I, I, I believe from our past previous conversations, these are a bunch of people that, uh, uh, Honestly, I don't know what they are. They're just a company, ain't they? What? Whoever, F- Morgan and File, whatever. Thiokol. Thiokol? It is Morton, isn't it? Morton? It's just Thiokol. I know about Horton Here's a Who. Thiokol. It's a company that does stuff. It was Morton Thiokol at some point. Okay. They so- got bought up by Northrop Grumman. Okay, so this is the company that made helped to make the Challenger, or they made the solid rocket boosters for the space shuttle. Okay, so they made the rocket that goes up. Got it, and it blew up because they didn't listen to the engineers. Obvi that there was some ethical stuff that was uh, not okay. So the space shuttle's a thing. Is it? 
Well, no, it was. <laughs> it's not anymore. It was very expensive and really a bad design from the beginning. Always. And if you, like, if you wanted to launch a big satellite, well, instead of just having an unmanned rocket that you made on the cheap, instead you had to send seven fucking human souls along with it, strapped with back this giant gas tank. Uh, so anyways... <laughs> what a great... <laughs> the solid rocket boosters challenge. are not too far removed from a fucking bottle rocket that you get on the 4th of July. Like, it's damn near the same thing the ancient Chinese were using. It's just a big tube full of more or less gunpowder. Okay. Uh, so... But it has to have rubber seals for whatever reason to, to keep gas from escaping or whatever, I assume. Uh, so... And they launched these rockets out of Florida because it's south and near the ocean, which is good for launching rockets. Uh, so for those that are not sometimes what? aware, what? It's like, you know, there was this thing, then this thing, and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to look it up. Challenger disaster was a tragic event that occurred on January 28, 1986. The, the O-rings froze over, right? Like all the oranges in Florida, they, they got too cold overnight. Why couldn't they warm them up, and Brett? Because the sun wasn't fucking out yet. Well, that's stupid. Uh, the but the, the, the rubber seals on this thing froze up, and this made these giant firecrackers explode. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and it was a big deal because about every classroom in the United States had a... TV set in it, and now all the children were watching, and everybody was tuned into it because they made a big deal that this uh, lady, this teacher, was trained to be an astronaut and was going to be going up to space on the shuttle. And then they killed her on live TV in front of everybody. I wasn't there. I don't remember this. Well, this is like in the fucking 80s or something. 1986? Yeah. Right. Would you say like January 28th? Yeah. Right. It was the day, it was like the day before. Um, uh, the 29th? No, the fucking State of the Union address that the president makes to Congress. Oh. Because the president was big on this teacher in space initiative. Of like, how do we get kids into STEM and science and engineering and space and stuff? We'll send a teacher to space and then blow them up in front of fucking everybody. I feel like that's a bad thing. Would you say that it's ethically bad? <laughs> I would say that it's very ethically bad. Would you bad. say that it's ethically bad to dangle a lady's life in front of... Millions of people? Uh, Oof. Not a not a good one, uh, Mr. President. That was a bad call. Right, I think so it's they alive. Kept, they kept delaying that the launch anymore. of this flight because of bad weather, because of blah, 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 blah. But it was Friday. All the kids, it was their last chance to be in school and watch it. State of the Union address was coming up. President wants a teacher in space. Uh, and it kind of trickles down. I mean, when you start with a president and then go to, like, his appointed out of NASA, right? <laughs> and then from them all the way down to the guys at Morton Thiokol, and they're like, well, it's not really within tolerance. It's, it's, it's bad stuff could happen. It's too cold. It's, it's a little iffy. Like, if 
it's a chain of like oh fuck my boss is riding my ass i'm going to lose my job from like a few lowly engineers at Morgan Thiokol all the way up to Ronald Reagan it's hard to say no it's hard to be the guy who's like absolutely not we cannot allow this I'm putting my foot down hmm uh I mean you don't know that it's actually going to kill seven people I don't think they had lost a shuttle up to this point uh I mean, the, uh, Columbia wasn't until a few years later. So, in that very broken up example you just gave us, what would you say somebody should do to stop that from happening? Like, ethically, do you think the engineers in that space shuttle... Uh, problem, fiasco, scenario, whatever you want to call it, what do you think they could have done? Well, like, what, 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 besides the obvious, like, hey, they shouldn't have launched it into orbit when it was cold, or when, you know, there should have been a rain delay or something like that. What should they... I suppose that the chain of command shouldn't be structured in such a way that a superior could strong-arm people all the way down the chain of command to do unethical things on the stake of losing their livelihood. So then, does it become the engineer's fault at that point, or is it the chain of command's fault? And then who enforces that? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, uh, I'm, I mean, what came out of this? They managed to pin it mostly on this one engineer, I forget, uh, who they got to sign off on things. Uh, I'm not sure that the guy who was, like, the presidential appointee to head of NASA, like, got away with it entirely. Uh, hmm. What was the question? question is, is who's at fault? And then, depending on who's technically at fault, I mean, everybody's I mean, simple. It, everybody has the a investigation point. that followed all this. I mean, it it took like years. You know, they shut down manned space program. You know, and they looked into the engineering aspects of like, oh, well, how and why did all this fail? I mean, uh, I'm sure it's easier to do that. It's a lot easier to say, oh, well, this rubber ring froze and didn't do its job than it is to address institutional problems than to address uh, ethical issues, blah, 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 blah. So, I actually tried looking up how to spell Morton Thickle. Morton Thiokol. Thiokol, that's how you pronounce that? That's dumb. That's not at all what that looks like. Yeah. I don't know. I speak English, but my English is not very good sometimes. I I don't know. I just, I'm curious. In my opinion, I don't think that there is ever really a right or a wrong ethical belief as long as you can back it up. You know, 
and it's it's within reason it's not something illogical and you know you have prior examples to back why you chose that and i don't know if in any type of situation especially the challenger scenario where you could say hey this is so and so's fault it'd be like a a lot of a lot of things for that and i don't know if you any one thing can just be at fault because it takes a, a you know there are parts to a whole and so all of the parts have to help along whatever the hole is. And in this case, it's the problem where they, you know, Challenger's exploding in front of all the children. So, uh, I would say that it's kind of ambiguous and there's not really an answer. But then who enforces it? Like, who enforces the, the laws or the ethics uh, I don't know, is there somebody? Is there a National Board of Engineering Ethics or anything? I think so. For this is why, like, people came up with God and stuff. I mean, it's a lot easier to appeal to authority than it is to uh, come up with something from first principles that's good and consistent and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, there is... I guess your state and licensing boards would enforce it. You know, they could take away your licensing. There you go. There you go. Uh, there's also, in the United States, there's the National Society of Professional Engineers. Um, so, whatever these guys say, that's what's ethical. Obviously. At least as far as engineering goes. I don't think they have too much to say about, <laughs> like, is cheating on your wife ethical? Is running over children <laughs> with your car ethical? They might have something to say about that. Yeah, they might say a few things uh, about that. Well, now that we've answered who enforces it... Right. It, what it, it's, it's like... Uh, uh, it, it's like an interpersonal, regular daily life ethics. Okay, what what is good? What is bad? Uh, it's whatever fucking God says. He gave me these rocks... Here are the rules. They're written on there for your convenience. If you break them, bad shit's gonna happen. There you go. It's whatever the fucking Na- National Society of Professional Engineers and your state licensing boards say. There you go. It's the same thing at work for most engineers, right? Like, uh, once in a while the company will slide you a piece of paper that says, like, here are our updated, uh, uh, Rules and regulations. No, no, here, here's our uh, commitments to inclusive. Here's our commitments to uh, commitments. I like that. Uh, inclusivity and our our updated mottos and uh, approaches to the, the blah 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 blah. Uh, you just sign off on it. There you go. You've just you. <laughs> God has updated. God or Boeing or Martin Thiokol, whoever it is updated the terms and conditions. They've chiseled new commandments. There you go. Whatever the fuck you say. Uh, I think with those wide words from Brett, we now know who the governing body is, what an ethics is, and who should best play Waluigi. I think that's enough for this episode of podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Brett, you got me parting words for ethics and our viewers 
Waluigi wouldn't have made all those people die on the Challenger explosion. No, we just need to put Big Bird on there. Everything's fine. Big Bird would have just flown down. Really, those people didn't die until they hit the fucking water. Oh, yeah, because combusted and I mean, that, that's falling the same for, at terminal that's the same velocity. For most falls, I suppose, is that the fall doesn't kill you, it's hitting the fucking ground. Or in this case, when the shuttle orbiter hits the ocean. Uh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get into that right now. All right. All right, everyone. Have a good one.